Support for this podcast comes from Davis Malm. If you're a buyer, seller, investor, or lender, Davis Malm attorneys know each deal has unique needs and requirements. Building client relationships one transaction at a time. More at davismalm.com. D-A-V-I-S-M-A-L-M dot com. WBUR Podcasts. Boston. I'm Daryl C. Murphy, and you're listening to The Common. Today, we're bringing you the last of our Boston City Council candidate interviews. For the last few days, we've been checking in with candidates competing for city council seats in districts 6, 5, and 3, all of which are facing a guaranteed change in leadership come January since no incumbent is running in them. We're finishing off with District 3, which is home to portions of Dorchester, the South End, and South Boston. For more than a decade, the district has been represented by Councillor Frank Baker. Councillor Baker announced earlier this year that he would not be seeking re-election this November. On the ballot to replace him are candidates John Fitzgerald and Joel Richards. We met up with each of them in a location of their choosing and gave them six questions to answer in six minutes. We start with candidate John Fitzgerald, who currently serves as the Deputy Director of Real Estate Operations at the Boston Planning and Development Agency. To get started, can you introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, My name is John Fitzgerald from Dorchester, Massachusetts, uh, and I'm running for District 3 City Council uh, for the Boston City Council. And where have you brought us today? So today, we are at probably my, what I would refer to as my kitchen, except it's actually a small business called Green Hills Bakery. Uh, It is a uh, sort of one of those establishments uh, that is of uh, almost a historical uh, significance at this point in the community. Uh, It's really a a meeting ground for everyone and sort of a place where you go and you'll always bump into someone you know. Got it. And so why should the people of District 3 elect you to represent them in Boston's city council? Sure. So the way I quickly explain it is this. I love two things, right? I love my family and I love this city because I'm born and raised in the city. And I'd like to keep those two things together. And what we find now is that there are more and more factors that are driving not just families apart, but the reason I focus on family, not being a father of three myself, having a six, four and two year old in Boston public schools and and thinking about the future, right? Um, What I want to do on that council is to figure out Every vote I take, how will this benefit families to stay in Boston? And the reason I say families is because when you build an infrastructure around families, then everybody benefits. If we tend to build an infrastructure around what we see in some communities now, like South Boston, Mission Hill, where it's a young, transient, able-bodied community, that's a very different infrastructure we're building. But if you have families stay, that creates community, that creates people's input into the community. They care about the schools, they care about open space, they care about the potholes in the street um, because they're invested here. With that said, if elected, what will be your top priorities heading into office? Sure. So I've got my serious answer and then my selfish response on this one, right? The serious answer is we look at housing, the cost of housing. We look at making sure our education system is back up to snuff because right now that's the number one thing with families, the the driving factor of of making families and folks decide to leave the city. Um, There's public safety issues, 
that we have to address, and then constituent services. So I look at those four, housing, education, public safety, and constituent services as the four main things. My selfish thing I'd love to do is to bring all of Dorchester youth sports together, the soccer, the flag football, the baseball, the basketball, right, all that stuff, and make one sort of overarching community where it's a very uh, tangible, you can go online and you know when practices will be and what fields and how much it is and when the start date is and when the practice times are. Because right now, with, and with three kids, I know a lot of people are in this issue, trying to make that schedule is insane. Okay, interesting. Now, uh, pivot. So the area known as Mass and Cass yeah. is in your district and it is the epicenter of Boston's homelessness issue, the uh, drugs issue and mental health. There's a lot of ideas floating around about how to handle that area. If elected, what would you push for? to address the concerns of Mass and Cass. Sure, so the way I look at Mass and Cass is this, right? First, people are down there for a lot of different reasons, right? They could be homeless, they could be addicted, they could be mentally ill, they could have been abusers of child. There's, there's a lot of reasons, it could be all three. There's a lot of reasons people end up down at Mass and Cass. So knowing that, what we have to look at is, and this is a longer answer and I'll try and keep it quick, but through the trauma-informed care, right? Looking at what the trauma was that brought them to there and understanding, okay, that is the, that's the core solution that we have to address with these people. So if you group folks into smaller groups around their trauma-informed care, right? Say someone, this is addiction. So we take about 10 to 12 people and we can put them in, in, a, in a place that is regional uh, by design, right? This is with working with the state and all of New England as well in terms of finding a place for these people to go. Um, that makes it easier for a community to swallow, right? When you say, hey, I'm not sending 99 beds. Hey, uh, like uh, 900 Morrissey. Hey, we're, we're not doing um, the hospital in JP, right? Uh, the Shattuck. We're not putting 800 beds over, right? And the community goes, whoa, 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 time out. No, no, no. Here's 10 to 12 in a secure location with the right operator to get the hyper-localized care they need for their trauma-informed care, right? So using that, spreading it regionally, it sort of uh, decentralizes it, but then you have to support the police and give them the confidence they need because right now they don't have it, right? And they would like to do things, but they know that they, their, their jobs become in jeopardy uh, when they try to make something or that they're right back out in the street. So they're demotivated. They're not motivated to, to, to really take care. So support your police to get in there. And then that's how you can make sure that people do not come back once you have decentralized. But you need, we need to have a heavier hand down there, you know? So Dorchester has a lot of diverse food to offer. Yeah. Tell us and give us one each. Where am I going for breakfast? Where am I going for lunch? And where am I going for dinner? So we're at Green Hills Bakery, right? Breakfast, you're gonna go, you're gonna get a, you're gonna get a tea or a coffee, whatever your choice is, and you're gonna raisin scone toasted with butter and jam. For lunch, I typically go to Blasi's across the street, get a honey hot sub, that's great, um, right nearby. Uh, and if you go for dinner on Dot Ave in St. Mark's uh, Via Canuccia, have you heard of that yet? Guys, Italian restaurant, getting rave reviews. Noted. John, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us this morning. I really appreciate it. And thank you for putting us on to this place as well. Appreciate oh, it. My pleasure, Dal. Thank you, Bob. That was Boston City Council candidate for District 3, John Fitzgerald. We'll be back in District 3 after a quick break. 
The world's clean energy future relies on ancient elements still in the ground. Without mining, there will not be a clean energy transition. But pulling them out of the ground comes at an environmental and human cost. Mining is intrusive, but the results are the building blocks for products that we use every single day. I'm Meghna Chakrabarty. Join me on point for Elements of Energy, Mining for a Green Future, five special episodes. Listen and follow On Point wherever you get your podcasts. Did you kill Marlene Johnson? I think you're one of the first people to have actually asked. From WBUR and ZSP Media, this is Beyond All Repair. A new podcast about an unsolved murder that will leave you questioning everything. Somebody should be in jail for murdering my sister. A woman who's never been believed. As long as they think I have done this, then they're not looking for who actually did this. And that's what makes it a cold case. No, it's a botched case. And a search for the truth, once and for all. Wow, it just gets more interesting. Beyond All Repair. Listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts. Be careful. You're digging in a place that's been very peaceful for a while. Do it anyway. Dig. And we're back. And taking you from Adams Village to Dorchester's Fields Corner to meet up with District 3 candidate Joel Richards. Can you introduce yourself? My name is Joel Richards. I'm a teacher, pastor, and father, and I'm running for District 3 City Council here in Boston. Awesome. And tell us, where have you taken us today? Um, Man, we are here at Town Field, uh, ADSL Field by some. We're in the heart of Fields Corner. Um, This is where a lot of activities that I have done over the years in the community, where I throw my Juneteenth celebration every year, where I do work with Little Saigon. It's just an amazing place where it intersects. Everybody can come here. Like the field is big. You can set up a picnic blanket. There's big rocks to sit on. There's a playground for the kids to, uh, to run around on. So it's just a great place to hold any kind of community event. Now, why should the people of District 3 elect you to represent them on the Boston City Council? Um, Because everything that they're going through, I'm going through too. So I want to work to solve. Um, If you're talking about um, the rising mortgages and housing prices and rental prices, I live in a two-bedroom with my three kids. I have a nine-year-old, a five-year-old, and an eight-week-old. I'm there, right? Um, My kids go to two different schools with the same start time and different end time. I'm there for that. We need community schools. We need units that are four and 500,000 so our friends can stop moving away. I've lost best friends to just housing prices, right? I I have friends that them and their... um, fiancés and wives, they're almost making 200000 a year and they can't afford to live in this city. My wife helps middle-income people and people that have been here for 20 years get pre-approved at $450,000, 475 working hard to get that kind of uh, approval and they still can't afford to live here. Something needs to change. So if elected, um, what will be your top priorities heading into city council? 
Um, one, what I talked about is building community schools. I keep saying where they're forgotten precincts. I feel like, you know, when you come to Fields Corner, Adams Village, um, when you come to the South End, when you come to Jones Hill, Savin Hill, where the people that Upham's Corner, where the people that historically don't get invested in like the rest of the city. So I want to be that person that unites us and actually builds us our own high school. And we know where our kids are going for 12 years. I actually want to use municipal funds to buy the rundown houses and abandoned houses in this area and actually develop them for families, for young people. We need units that are three, four, and 500,000. And we need to be bold and creative to get that done, right? And then secondly, I want to start, thirdly, sorry, I want to start hiring hundreds of social workers a year, right, to actually mitigate our homeless and unhoused population. We're always working downstream. We need to start working upstream so that we're actually taking care of people before they end up on the street. We're actually helping people not fall through the cracks. You have no number to call if your son or your wife or your daughter is struggling mentally, or if you fall two months behind on your rent. There's no number to call to get that help, and I want to provide that. Understood. And now... Um, Mass and Cass, uh, the area known as Mass and Cass, that's in your district. Mm -hmm. um, it's the center for Boston's addiction problems, um, mental health crisis, and homelessness. Yes. Um, and there's been a lot of uh, 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 suggestions floated around as far as how to address those. Um, you know, if you're elected to the seat uh, in city council, what would you advocate for to address the concerns in that part of your district? So we do need decentralized services. We need services spread out throughout the city so people aren't, you know, coalescing in one spot. But we also need to start asking the question, how did we get here? How did we end up here? And if we don't ask that question, we're just going to get here again and again. Another crisis will come. It was, what, alcohol before, the crack epidemic, um, the heroin, now it's the fentanyl. Something else will come. And if we don't set up the social structure to prevent that from happening, it'll happen again. So, yes, let's decentralize the services. Let's open back up the island. Let's use our Build Back Bunny to actually build back better and get transportation for people to these services outside of our hubs, outside of where people are living and kids are playing. But then let's provide that social structure to make sure this doesn't happen again, right? That's the things I want to do. And I feel like if we start hiring the social workers here in Boston, that'll that'll translate to other cities, that'll translate to other states. This is something we can really do to help mitigate this problem. Understood. And for our last question, District 3 has a lot to offer when it comes to food. So if I'm, a, I'm from out of town and I'm coming here to get something to eat, uh, tell me where should I go for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? And you can give me one place each. Breakfast, you might as well, let's do a solid one. You, depending where you are, either go to the Buttery or go to McKenna's, you know, go right there. It's a solid or go to Dot House, um, Dot Tavern food right here near Fields Corner. I don't know, like the Vietnamese people know how to make waffles. I, I'm gonna just say that, leave that there. Um, for lunch, depending, the industry is always good for lunch, but also Antonio's, but then you, Ballet. Like if you want something that's different that you've never had before, you gotta go to get go to ballet, get that pasta, get a banh mi sandwich, and it only costs like eight dollars. You can't go wrong there. Dinner, that's too. That's like it depends. If you want like drinks or something nice, you know, you can go to Blarney, right? You can have something like, and your friends can come meet up, and it's a lot of space, and you can get loud and have a good time. If you want something a little more intimate, via uh, via Canucci, a new restaurant right here on Dot Ave. You you know, you're really there. And then also, if you're trying to get coffee and a quick pastry, you got to go to Ripple over on Ashmont. This is too hard, man. It's too much. You right. like you? Sorry, I couldn't. That's too hard. I got I got I, my, my my tongue. I'm, I'm getting hungry now. That's, that's <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot you did to me there. You know, yes, there is. There is. And so, well, Joel, thank you so much for taking the time to come talk to us. We really, really appreciate it. I appreciate it. Please vote for me and please tell your friends about me.
That was Boston City Council candidate for District 3, Joel Richards. Municipal elections take place in Boston on November 7th, and the deadline to register to vote in these elections is this Saturday, October 28th at 5 p.m. You can check your voter registration status and register to vote at sec.state.ma.us. We'll put that link in our show notes. And that's it for our show today. Thank you so much for listening to The Common. And now it is that time for me to let you know that The Common is produced by Caitlin Harrop and Franny Monahan. It's mixed by Emily Jankowski, Matt Reed, and Paul Veitkus. And it's edited by Samatha Joshi and Ben Brock Johnson. And our theme music is me from Hisu. And from the newsroom of WBUR, I'm your host, Daryl C. Murphy. I'll talk to you soon.